Welcome to the Grace Lace Podcast. I'm Ruth Jo Simons, and today I'm so excited to bring you a season two bonus episode. Season two has been all about the everyday habits we can cultivate to help us grow spiritually, and it was inspired by conversations the entire Grace Lace team had together about a book we recently read. So today, my co-host Eve Stipes and I invite members of the Grace Lace team to join us for a discussion about how exploring everyday habits for spiritual growth have changed our walks with the Lord and the importance of community in individual growth. I can't wait for you to hear from the women we spend our days working alongside. So let's get started. Okay. Our first bonus episode is setting the bar high because we have almost the entire Grace Lace team joining us today. We're missing a few key members, but the voices you hear today on the episode really do make the magic happen for everything related to gracelace.com. You have heard all about me and Ruth, so to kick things off, why don't you each introduce yourself with your name, where you live, because as you may or may not know, we are all over the place, and what you do for Grace Lace. I am Kinsey. I live in Dallas, Texas, and I've been here for a few years. Um, I've been married for four years, and my husband and I, we have two dogs and also a bunch of chickens. Um, I am the community manager for Grace Lace, which means I manage all things social media and the online community of Grace Lace. So if you ever leave a comment on social media or DM us, I'm the one you're talking to. I'm Sarah. I live in Charleston, South Carolina, and I'm the graphic designer. I help all of Ruth's beautiful paintings turn into the products you see in the shop. Hi, my name's Ana Lidia, but I actually go by Ana, make life easier for everyone. Um, I live in Durango, Colorado with Ruth and Camille. Um, I have been married for almost two years now, and our main hobby is just rock climbing outside, spending a lot of time in the mountains, um, skiing during the winter. And I'm the digital manager and developer of Grace Lace, which includes all things website, all things podcast, and overviewing all of our timelines. Hey, y'all. I'm Camille. Um, Like Anna said, I also live in Durango. I've been here seven years with my husband. We moved out here basically right after we got married. I'm the Grace Lace studio manager, but I do a lot of different things. I ship out all the products. I do all the product photography, and I also do customer service. So if you've ever had a problem with your order, you're probably talking to me. Uh, Hey, everyone. I'm Jamie, and I live in Southern California. I currently get to support in an adjunct role as a friend to Grace Lace. So I basically get to just help with what our team needs, and the best part is I get to learn from each of you. Okay, I would just like to point out that you did hear Camille say y'all. So she lives in Durango, Colorado, but where are you from, Camille? Originally from Alabama. Okay, you'll hear it come out when I'm nervous, so you'll probably <laughs> hear it come out today. <laughs> I just feel like people needed to know, like, wait, she said y'all. She said Colorado? Like, how did how do those things fit together? So, Oh, I know. I there know. you go. That's weird. No, it's not weird. It's so fun to record with you guys. I'm so excited. I think that you guys would agree with me that one of the greatest things about working for Ruth in general is that she really cares about our hearts and not just our task list. Um, She consistently points us to the word and to the heart of the content we're working on. And we're so grateful. She's never saying like, 
just get it done and do the thing. She wants it to really sink into our own lives. So one of the things that we've been trying to do to help us in that kind of journey is to read a book together and meet once a month via Zoom, a lot like this, to talk about it. And Jamie, you have been so gracious to lead that team time and our conversations each month. So I'm gonna just kick it over to you, just like you normally would. Um, we've talked about this book already, but we're gonna kind of zoom out and take the 30,000 foot view. Um, but why don't you just lead us through? Yeah, cool, thanks Eve. Um, it's been a really fun time as we've gotten to meet together. Um, so like like you said, one of the things Eve, I think that it's, it's really fun to do is that, that we get to encourage one another, not just through our work, but really our spiritual lives and our growth. Um, and so one of the things that I love about what we're doing in this space is that um, we're coming together every month to really talk about our soul care and our growth as women. And something that I really enjoy about this team specifically is that we're just coming from different places in life, right? Like not just yeah. geographically, which we just talked about, but also culturally, socially. And so even if um, you can't see our team, but if you could, like we're a mix of singles. We are engaged to be married. I'm not. Uh, Sarah is, but uh, there are people on our team that are engaged to be married. Uh, there are some of you guys that are married, um, have kids and no kids. And what we're able to do is just bring all of that together in our different experiences um, and share the good things and the hard things, right? The things that are just part of our everyday lives and how do we encourage each other in our faith and walks with the Lord. Um, so like you said, we've spent this last season really talking about these everyday habits from prayer to scripture, to serving, to stewardship. And this is just to name a few. And what I love about what we're doing today is we're gonna get to just have a team conversation and we're getting to invite you guys into that space with us. And so as we've read through this book called Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life, we've talked about these very habits this season the podcast has been exploring. And so um, we're just gonna start there. So the question that we kind of wanna answer is how has thinking about reading and talking about these spiritual habits shaped you, how they encouraged you, and even how they challenged you. Um, so that's kind of what we're gonna be discussing in our time together today. No big deal, just real no. light conversation. Yeah, no <laughs> like, pressure at all. Everybody does the disciplines perfectly already, so we're totally right. good. No, not at all. This is a very like, we're in process, and we're just sharing with you guys where we are. I can start us off talking about prayer, which is one of the spiritual disciplines that I have been trying to be more disciplined in my own life um, in the past year. Um, so this book was super timely and encouraging. Kind of like even Ruth talked about in, in the prayer episode before, um, as I was diving in and trying to become more disciplined in prayer, um, it can be intimidating, overwhelming. Um, yeah and just difficult to know where to start. And I definitely felt all of those things. Um, but by focusing my time and attention to my prayer life, I definitely found um, that it really shaped my life greatly. Um, it shaped me. So what I have started to try and do, and it's sometimes hard, but um, just to pray first thing always, whether that's a praise and there's something going well in my life or there's something hard or difficult that I'm navigating um, or something's going wrong. But um, it's also shaped me just to have a closer walk and relationship with the Lord. And I think when 
you're walking daily with the Lord, um, his voice just becomes so much more clear and is our guidance in just the big and small things throughout our days. Um, And I've been encouraged by implementing um, a more disciplined prayer life uh, just by finding ways to implement prayer throughout my day, not just first thing when I wake up, but, or first thing before I go to bed, but just having an ongoing daily conversation with the Lord. I've started to just try and find times throughout my day in the pockets to pray throughout the day, whether I'm at the end of the day cooking dinner um, or folding laundry, or if I'm driving in traffic, which is always crazy in Dallas. Um, <laughs> or taking just, your dogs for walks. Yes, yes, all the things. Um, just... I also love listening to scripture and praying and dwelling on scripture. Mm-hmm. Like you've mentioned, that's been super encouraging to me as well. Um, and lastly, it's definitely challenged me in a lot of ways too, but one way um, I'm just naturally an anxious person and I'm always prone to worry first. Um, like I said, so trying to take my anxiety to the Lord first and it can be really easy to try and just manage everything on my own or try and fix everything on my own, but um, just rather praying first and stop trying to hold all the things together and just take it to the Lord first. Yeah, I love that. I think that like ongoing conversation piece is something that I never feel like I do well at. (laughs) Like it's so easy to be like, yes, I prayed and then just kind of get going in my day. Like, what do yeah. you guys think? How do you come back, keep coming back to prayer throughout your day? I think it's a key importance of like remembering that God is someone who we can have a close relationship with. And just like we have that relationship with our best friends or with our spouse or our family members. Usually when things happen, we want to go and talk to them about it and we want to share the good or the bad with them. And that urge is something that we can have with God too. We can share with him the good and the bad and in the moments. And it doesn't mean that we can't share those things with our best friends or our family, but it means that he actually is approachable and we can have those types of conversations. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, Kenzie, thanks for sharing. And Anna, we we did just have this conversation about prayer and how it really is this... um, this, this conversation that we can have with the Lord, right? Like that's what prayer is and how do we take that in to just kind of our everydays. Yeah. And so Kenzie, I really appreciated just what you've shared about what's challenging you and what's encouraging you at the same time. Um, so let's kind of move on to the next one. What about memorizing and meditating on scripture? How has that encouraged or challenged? Does anyone, is anyone sitting in that a little bit right now in their times with the Lord? Yeah, totally. Um, One thing that I really liked about what you guys mentioned earlier in the season was the point of quality versus quantity when it comes to memorizing and meditating on scripture. Several years ago, I was doing a Bible in a year plan while also in two online master's level Bible courses. And I was reading what felt like pretty large amounts of scripture every day, at least for me. Um, And I was really good. I really got into the habit of reading it to check it off my to-do list. Yeah. 
Um, and I don't know if you guys have ever read something and then been like, what did I even just read? But <laughs> I found time, myself doing that all the time. <laughs> like, I know I'm probably not the only one, but it definitely wasn't a great feeling. And so, um, and so I was really encouraged the other week when Jamie challenged us after talking about memorizing, meditating on scripture, we had like 15 minutes left and she was like, okay, you guys, like we're going to use the rest of these 15 minutes to actually do what we're talking about. And so one of the suggestions that the book had given, it had given a ton of different ways to memorize and meditate on scripture, which Mm -hmm. I thought was really cool. It doesn't have to be the same every time. Um, But what I ended up doing was rewriting the scripture that I was just studying on my own. Like it was from my own Bible reading plan that it was um, with Lent. I was reading a thing on Lent. And I just re rewrote the scripture in my own words, mm-hmm. just as a practice of really thinking about what the scripture was saying. And I hadn't done that in so long. And it was really remarkable how the Lord brought that same scripture into my mm-hmm. mind. Like literally, it's been three weeks since that day. And I'm still thinking about what that scripture mm-hmm. said. And so mm-hmm. I've been trying to do that more in the last few weeks um, is really taking that time. And for me, I, I sometimes it feels weird to just sit and be like, OK, how do I meditate on this scripture? <laughs> but, like, but like rewriting in your own words is something that was really practical for me that really made me think about it more. Okay. So really cool. um, I feel like it's so wild how taking that time makes such a difference in the understanding and recollection of scripture. Yeah. So I think that's a really good point, just in the sense of like recognizing it doesn't have to be like an hour of time that you take out of your day to do it. Like we did 15 minutes of it and it helped and it obviously made an impact for you. And that's something that a lot of times we like get daunting about of like, I have to spend a whole hour in order to read and memorize and meditate but that's not actually the case. Like we can spend those few minutes or a few moments actually doing that memorizing and meditating. I feel like it's also interesting that when we, when we really memorize and meditate on something like this is nothing new for any of us. Right. But when you actually memorize it and you meditate on it, it does something to you that actually becomes applicable. Right. Versus when it's a checklist for me or like mm-hmm. memorize scripture and then I can recite it but I just am reciting words versus yeah. like, what is it actually doing um, for me in this season as I, as I memorize scripture and meditate on it more. Totally. And I think it really makes you kind of take a second look at something that maybe it's been something that you've read a lot of times and it feels really familiar, but kind of taking that extra step can sometimes make those familiar scriptures kind of have like become applicable again and become yeah. like, yeah. Um, fresh again. Like I actually, there was a scripture mm. that I memorized in high school that I actually did this with yesterday, mm. like rewriting it in my own words. And it was really cool. I was like thinking about how it was like a scripture about serving and how that applied to my life right now, because how it applied in high school is really different. And so even though it was really familiar, mm. it kind of took on like something new through taking that extra time. Yeah, I think what's so cool about all of these spiritual disciplines or like we talked about in the season, like these everyday habits or like rhythms, it is for our spiritual formation, right? Like it is to yeah. change us. It's to make us like more like Jesus. It's to help our walk with him. Like it isn't just the list. And so the more that we interact 
with these disciplines or like these habits, mm -hmm. instead of just making them the checklist, it really does change our hearts and the way we think about things. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy. Yeah, that's really good. Um, Sarah, one of the things that you mentioned was uh, just how you've been writing it down, right? So there's this practice of journaling that we've also talked about. And so I think that's a great transition into what what is journaling? How have you guys engaged with journaling? What does that look like in your times with the Lord? Oh, man, I don't know if you happen to catch, guys, the take heart, make note episode, but I shared I've been journaling off and on since middle school. And there's a lot of really cringeworthy things. Yes. <laughs> a lot more like... <laughs> <laughs> like a lot more diary like entries yeah. than like actual journaling which is okay like that's not bad but when I think about like the purpose of journaling to like help me grow in my walk with the Lord um yeah it's really interesting to read like the post-college years I think and see all of the questions that I had and that I was asking the Lord and to look back and see how he's answered them how he's answered them in really different ways than I like anticipated or could have even possibly imagined at that time, but how he's been so faithful. And I think seeing God's faithfulness over time, like just encourages me and really feels stunning every single time I stop to think about it. Um, those various seasons and I don't know, I, I'm sure we all have stories from different seasons of our life about how God was faithful or what he did. And those like build up over time to make us who we are. So having like a way to record it, yeah. I don't know. It just feels like a really, a really great tool. And I like I am a natural note taker and person who wants to write things down. And so if you're not, I know that this one can feel a little bit like intimidating. Maybe you're like, why would I want to write down? I don't want anyone to know what I'm thinking. But it just feels like a really intentional way to be formed not just a record of my day or just like stream of consciousness, but like coming to the Lord with like, here's my actual heart, here's what's going on. And then recording his faithfulness and how he's answered prayers or provided. It really challenges me to like take the time and make space for this type of rhythm. Eve, as I was like listening to that episode, I was thinking, about how the Bible actually is like a compilation of yeah. all these people who wrote things down about what was happening and without their discipline to do that, like obviously right. God in the midst of <laughs> them, like led them to like do this thing. But we have that direction because people wrote things down and like showed us what the gospel was and how Jesus lived his life. Yeah, and I think we talked about in the episode, like Psalms kind of just being like a big old journal, <laughs> right? Like yeah. kind of David or the other psalmist being like, well, I'm in the pit and I don't know what to do, Lord. So I'm going to remind myself of what's true. Like just mm -hmm. those kind of really raw emotions. Yeah. Like this feels like one of the best habits that I can let my emotions be something that really draw me to the Lord as opposed to like pulling me apart. Yeah. Totally. I think that um, like journaling and, and looking back at old journals especially can be such a cool reminder of God's faithfulness throughout years because sometimes it's just so easy to forget yeah. like how he's pulled through so many times and it can be so cool to look back and be like, wow, I remember praying for that mm -hmm. or I remember like how God pulled me through 
this time. It's interesting to think about journaling. I was debating whether or not to share this, but here we go. We're having a candid conversation, right? But do you guys ever think like, I think sometimes I think like, what's going to happen? This isn't to be morbid, but when I die and, oh, and yeah. these journals get passed on, like, when no. you're talking about these cringeworthy moments, I'm like, oh my gosh, who's going to read these things? Yeah, no, and these are not are just so Right, like, who who's going to read these things and what are they going to learn about me? You know what I mean? Like, I think there's yeah. something about journaling. I, I think for me as an internal processor too, where there's something scary about the things that come out, like scary but mm -hmm. good mm -hmm. because they're real and they're raw, right? Mm -hmm. But then there is this fear of like, mm -hmm who's going to read these things later in life? And, and as I think about that, I'm like, okay, at the same time, I want to be real in my journaling, but I also want them to testify to the goodness of the Lord. Right. And so, yeah. Um, but yeah, I do think about that often of like, who's going to look at these things once, <laughs> once I'm not here anymore. So yeah, we talked about an episode, like I don't, my journals are not for public consumption. Right. <laughs> the, the notes that I write in my Bible, those can be enjoyed by the generations to come. <laughs> if I write in a journal, I need to like put directions in my will about how to dispose of them. Because those not, not publish them as a book. <laughs> yeah, it's just not for all the people. <laughs> That's good. Oh, um, I love this conversation that we're having. There's just something really real about it. But, you know, as we, Sarah, one of the things that you talked about earlier as you were sharing too is just even this idea of serving and how you've kind of just gone back to scripture about that. And so serving is another one, right? It's, it's something that um, we talk about. And I think maybe we don't necessarily consider it a spiritual habit or a spiritual discipline, um, but it, it very much is one. And I think for some of us, serving is probably a struggle. And for some of us, um, serving too much can also be something that we wrestle with. And so, you know, as we talk about that, what, um, what is something that you guys are learning about serving as a spiritual habit in your life? If I'm being honest, like I, the episode title for this season, which was we don't have to, we get to, has been a phrase that has just been like in my mind since college. So it's something that mm -hmm. I was told a lot by one of my friends, like, you don't have to do this, like you get to do this. And that can apply to That's different really areas of your life. But when it comes to serving, like Christ is a perfect example. He didn't have to come to earth, become man, just so that we could be with him. But he chose to and like enjoyed the fact that he actually could bring us back to him. And he often talks about like serving other people and does these actions of serving other people where he didn't have to wash the disciples' feet. He didn't have to actually heal people but he chose to because he wanted to and mm -hmm. when that comes back to serving it's really putting ourselves in this place where we're being selfless and walking in humility and in the mundane you know that's like washing the dishes for my roommates or washing <laughs> the dishes for my husband or taking out the trash when he's busy and it's not always this like huge impactful thing but the little things really do make a difference and help cultivate our heart and our habit to like actually become a place of love and wanting to do things for other people. Um, and so as we like go about our lives and as I do this on a day-to-day -day basis, I'm like, well, I could pick up his clothes or like referring to my husband, like I could pick up his clothes like off the ground, but really it's his clothes. So he should be picking it up. And it's like, well, I don't have to do this, but I should want to serve him and I should want to like do things for him out of love. Um, 
And yeah, that really has just been the biggest thing of like, we don't have to do this. We get to do this. And that's really an an impactful phrase. That's such a good reminder. Yeah. And that reminds me of that verse. um, Guys, I'm horrible at recalling where the Bible (laughs) things are. I really need to work on memorizing. But um, the verse, it's like, whatever you do, do unto the Lord. So Anna, when you're saying like, yeah, when I'm doing the dishes, I'm doing it unto the Lord, like just Mm -hmm. repeating that self or repeating that verse really helps get you in the mindset of like, even though this is mundane, like you said, I'm doing it unto the Lord. I'm doing it unto the Lord. I'm doing it unto the Lord. Yeah. And I think that really helps like bring the focus back to him and why you're doing it. Yeah. That's so good, Camille, because like it's the aspect of I'm really not on this earth for myself and I'm really not here for me I'm like living my life out for Christ and so in the mundane we get to choose if we're like living for Christ or not really Uh I liked what you said too Anna about it doesn't have to be a grand thing it doesn't have to be a huge a huge service project or something (laughs) Um, just I think what's been encouraging to me is finding like small ways that I can help other people a lot of my friends are working moms with littles and so um just even like taking food to a friend when they have a busy week or um yeah when they get sick and you know that's super overwhelming too so just finding like small ways to like serve and encourage my community yeah I think Anna one of the things that you said too it's that it's like it's cultivate it's about what it's cultivating in us versus like for that person right and so i think what i'm realizing even in this conversation is that these spiritual habits are for our spiritual growth right like i think Mm -hmm. i knew that as we were going into this (laughs) but as i'm like digesting the things that you're sharing i'm like yeah getting to serve is actually to help me grow in being more christ-like right or it's Mm. about my character development versus then i i get to do this for my roommate or it's for her benefit that I'm doing these things, but it's like, no, what does it look like for me to take on that likeness of Christ and humility um, to be able to get to do these things? And so it's funny because we know these things and yet when we talk about them, they transpire in a different way, like in our own hearts. And so I feel like I feel that right now, which is encouraging. Yeah. Um, thanks for sharing. I think that's, that's super neat to hear. And Camille, I think your insight on that of doing it unto the Lord was just convicting for me as well so Uh I'm gonna go through today thinking about those things and what I get to do unto the Lord all right so let's keep going uh we've we've been talking about a lot of the the spiritual habits that we've been you know discussing in our readings and and what the podcast has talked about so let's kind of move on to the next one this idea of silence and solitude uh I don't know what that invokes in you when you hear those words but I cringe a little because those are two (laughs) very hard things for me to do um, but they are so important as I'm learning. And so um, what are what are some ways that silence and solitude having encouraged and challenged you guys as you think about that as an everyday spiritual habit? Yeah, so let me talk about this one because Jamie, I know you said it's hard for you. It's actually super easy for me because I'm already <laughs> a weird. Ways. <laughs> yeah, I'm a super weird introverted person. But silence and solitude is all about focusing right and I'm one of those weirdos that like when I'm in the car and I have to park and the music's playing I have to turn it down so I can focus (laughs) (laughs) anyone else do that please tell me I'm not the only one um but focus and reverence is like really the whole purpose of this discipline we're not supposed to just sit ourselves alone in a dark room and 
literally <laughs> think about nothing. <laughs> We're supposed to, like it says so many times in the Old Testament, be silent before the Lord. And mm-hmm. so like Donald Whitney says in his book that before means it's like, it's not about just being silent. It's a worshipful, yeah. worshipful silence. It's a time to like behold and focus on the Lord. So like, Jamie, if you and I were in conversation and I'm just like sitting there staring at you, that's not, that's not what this is about. It's right, about right. like attuning yourself to hear yeah. from the Lord and what yeah, you have to so say. Um, and this practice has really encouraged me in my walk because I honestly feel like I'm more attuned to hear from the Lord in these moments on my own. And one of my favorite stories in the Old Testament is when Elijah um, goes up on the mountaintop and to hear from the Lord. And there's like this huge earthquake and there's wind and there's fire. Mm-hmm. And God wasn't in the wind. He wasn't mm-hmm. in the earthquake and he wasn't in the fire, mm-hmm. but he presented himself to Elijah in a whisper and like this still in the silence. And that's when he heard from him. And I know the Holy Spirit works in different ways for different people. Like he, he doesn't only appear in the silence, you know, but for me, it's been really crucial to hear from him in those moments. And I really feel challenged to make this a daily practice. Granted, like I said, I'm already introverted, so this is easy, but that doesn't mean like, oh, finally I get alone time to myself. Yeah. It's not about me and being <laughs> selfish. It's like, it's being alone in pursuit of the Lord. So I really mm-hmm. want to make a habit of purposely presenting myself in front of him in a worshipful silence before okay. him and focusing on him alone. Camille, I feel like when you share, there's this um, conviction that comes out of the things that you're you're experiencing in your time. So I'm just really grateful. I think you say things out of your experiences and, and they really do encourage me and they, they challenge me to like, what does it look like? to be purposeful and presenting myself in worshipful silence. And so I'm just really thankful that you can share these things. Oh, thanks, Jamie. Yeah, I think I'm with you, Camille. I'm naturally introverted. And so being alone feels like glorious to me. But if it's not just, I know, right? But but you're right. Like there's a difference between like taking time for myself to be like quiet and using the time to like put my attention on the Lord. I think what you said about being like really, attuned to the lord and focused Mm -hmm. that's like the distinction between just being by yourself and having it be this like habit that leads towards spiritual growth yeah and like sarah said before it's about quality over quantity right so even though as a mama you don't get a lot of time by yourself right so i think donald whitney mentioned this in the book too but you could even take a minute a minute of just pulling away from the world Mm -hmm. and being like lord here i am like, yeah, that's, that's a way to do it too. You don't have to go sit in a room for an hour. You know, it can be a minute at a time. That's good, that's good to hear for the extroverted hearts. <laughs> <laughs> like an hour. <laughs> cool. Well, anyone else have any thoughts on this idea of silence and solitude? All right, we can move on to the next one. But, you know, if, if you have anything, I mean, as we talked about in team time, we can always go back. But um, this idea, I think, of stewardship, right? Even as you guys just talked about, stewardship of our silence and solitude. Like, what does that mean when it is for us? And what does it mean for giving that time to the Lord? So when you when you talk about stewardship, um, what shaped you, encouraged you, or challenged you as we think about this spiritual habit? I can take this one. I think that um, the the idea we talked a lot about in this episode was like the a steward being a manager of somebody else's stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that mentality 
like is a real shift from how I normally think about things. Like, I think it's easy to be like, yeah, the Lord provided this thing. It's mine. As opposed to like, the Lord is giving me this thing as a manager of his stuff. Like mm -hmm. where the, who has the ownership um, feels like it's been a significant shift in my mind. And not that it like, I haven't heard it before, but just like spending time thinking about that, I think really does shape our lives and how we respond to a whole host of things. Like how I plan out a day in the beginning, like, is it my time or is it the Lord's time mm. that I'm managing? <laughs> like how I think about my kids, are they my kids or are they the people that God has given me to manage in this season? Um, and not manage in like a, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> lordship kind of way. Not like I'm not like a taskmaster mm -hmm. over that, but yeah, like just my time, like all of the pieces feel like, okay, it's different. I will treat somebody else's things better than I treat my own things in a lot of mm -hmm. ways, right? Like if you borrow something from a friend, I'm going to be real careful with that. Maybe more careful mm -hmm. than I would be if it was something that was my own. And so I want to be a good steward. So I feel like more than anything, the idea of stewardship has, has just really challenged me. Like, am I being possessive about my time mm -hmm. and my finances? I know a lot of times stewardship gets talked about in terms of finances, and that's yeah. certainly a part of it, um, but not the only part. So, yeah, like, am I treating my money like it's mine to just, like, build up and hold on to, or am I using it to, like, leverage God's kingdom? And, yeah, I don't have super formed thoughts. I just think it's been a really challenging thing for me. And for me as an individual, and then also because I am married and have kids to like extend to our family. Like how are we as a family stewarding our time and our resources together? It's complicated sometimes, but it's good for my soul to really like wrestle with it. Yeah, that's really good. I think one of the things that you just talked about is it seems like stewardship looks different in different seasons of our lives, right? Like stewardship yeah. as yeah. a single person, stewardship as a married person, and then stewardship as married with kids or even, you know, once you become empty nesters in however many years when the babies become 18, right? Like, yeah. what is it going to look like then? And so there's this idea of, it's, it's an interesting thought that, that stewardship can look different in different seasons. Yeah. And it makes me think about how stewarding relationships is also a big factor, That's a good right? One. Like we have these different friendships or different like family members that we're talking to or interacting with all the time and even our relationship with the Lord, like starting the way that we approach those things is either going to help us grow closer to them or cause it to like dissipate. And sometimes friendships do end and sometimes friendships are for a season, but in the midst of everything, how we choose to approach those people and those conversations that we have with those people is like something that we really cherish. And so stewarding the way that we have those conversations or the way we approach someone whenever they're doing something that might be annoying us or bothering us. Um, those are all little things that make a bigger impact later on. So being able to do those little things well helps us from having some sort of like blow up later on. 
And hearing you talk about it, Eve, it kind of reminded me like stewardship really helps you keep a kingdom mindset, right? Like I don't own it and I can't take it with me when I go and it's yeah. not going to, mm-hmm. not going to be there in the end because this isn't our home. Our home is somewhere else, you know, but what are you going to do with what God's given you now and in this time before, before you leave yeah. this place, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's such richness in this conversation. And I think, um, you know, we have these talks every month and yet as I'm sitting here in this conversation today, I think I, I'm, I'm quiet because I'm kind of just soaking in uh, what you guys are sharing. So I'm really grateful. This is, this is part of the fun, right? That we get to do this together. We get to, um, yeah. and we get to learn yeah. from one another. So, uh, we're, you know, we're, we're coming down to, to a lot of the endings of some of the spiritual habits we've talked about. There's a couple more. Um, one of them being fasting. And so this question of how is fasting shaped, encouraged, or challenged us? I can I can share a little bit. I'm not a great faster. I'll, I'll say that right off the bat. Um, <laughs> fasting is a hard one for me because I like things and I like food. And so um, it's not something that I've been consistent with. But I will say there, there are a couple of times that I've tried um, fasting. And, and that's looked different for me in different seasons. I think one of the things, Ruth, that she talked about in the podcast was that a true understanding of biblical fasting, it's not just about saying no to something, but it's about saying yes to hungering after God. Mm -hmm. And I think that really hit Mm -hmm. me because when I think about this habit of fasting, a lot of times I'm like, oh, fasting means just giving up something, right? So it's giving up, um, the way that we've talked about it, at least in this podcast even, is this idea of food, right? And, And what it looks like to give that up so that we can hunger for the Lord. But I think a lot of times for me, it's easy to just give up that food and go, you know, I think the longest fast I've done is a week. Um, but in those moments where I'm fasting my breakfast or my lunch or my dinner, uh, to be honest, I think I normally sit in those times just grumbling about my hunger. This <laughs> <laughs> is like, yeah. yeah. like, oh, I should go to the word and replace that, right? Or replenish that with, yeah. with spiritual food mm-hmm. or spiritual nourishment or prayer or silence and solitude. But I think most of the times I sit there dreaming about the thing that I get to eat in five days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so, so I think fasting is something that for sure challenges me. I think it really encourages me too, because I think what it does do is it leads me into a deeper practice of some of these other habits that we're talking about. So because yeah. I'm quote unquote suffering, right? Like whatever that means in my, you know, privileged life that I have, like the suffering, again, quote unquote, suffering that I'm experiencing, what it does is it leads me to some of these things that you guys have been talking about. So how in those fasting moments does it lead me to pray more or to sit in silence and solitude, right? Or to meditate on scripture and let the word of Christ dwell richly in me in those moments. Um, I think the part that encourages me in this is that it, it, what it does is two things. One, I think it helps me understand that mentally um, I can do it, right? Like I think that's part of it yeah. is that the Lord, you know, it's to set our minds on things above, right? It's to, it's to give yeah. the Lord our first thoughts. And I think what I'm realizing in any of these spiritual habits, it's really a mental thing. Like it's putting our minds to it and understanding that with the power of the Holy Spirit, we can do these things. And it's, again, not not just doing them because it's checking off a box to say, hey, I've done this or I've done this or I've done this. But it's saying I can do it because all of these things are eventually shaping my character and the wholeness of who I am as a spiritual, physical, emotional, mental being. Um, so I would say the way that it challenges me, it really is 
it, it challenges me to lay aside the things that I seek harder to fill me than, than the things that I'm, I should be doing, which is looking to Christ first. Um, mm. And so, you know, again, I don't have this done perfectly, but even after talking about this a little bit and meditating, I'm like, man, this is a discipline that I want to continue to grow in and, and even develop into rhythms, right? Like we're talking about rhythms yeah. um, as any of these things. And so how do I develop a rhythm of fasting? Um, I don't know the answer to that, but I know that doing it in community helps. So I might enlist all of us. So I think, Jamie, what you said is so helpful. I think you're right. The like very kind of cultural expectation when you say you're fasting is like, I'm giving something up. But when you kind of shift that to think like, no, like when I'm fasting, I'm really hungering for God. Like there's a filling up that I'm looking forward to that's yeah. different than it would be when I'm not fasting. Right. That totally changes how I feel about fasting, how I want to approach it. Like it's a filling, just a different type of filling. It's not just a giving up. Yeah. I remember the first time that I ever tried to fast. It was actually at this camp called Pioneer Plunge. And it was literally like high schoolers living like pioneers in the woods, like building, <laughs> building log cabins and wow. chopping firewood. And <laughs> I actually kind of hated the camp. I was like, I'll never come back. later you never know what happens anyways the point of the story is one of the nights was actually like a 24 hour um it's called a solo and you were to go out in the woods with just a hammock and your bible and water bottle and you could choose to fast or not and i did and that morning i was feeling a little sick like i was kind of like had a sore throat and i was kind of getting chills but i was like i just took ibuprofen and went out anyways but in like the first five minutes of my solo time i spilled my whole water bottle except for this much (laughs) well i'm i'm holding up my hands you guys it's about an inch left in the water bottle (laughs) and um and and the advil eventually wore off so like four hours later and so i started feeling like feverish sick i was coughing i couldn't I wasn't eating and I was like, I must withstand. Like I can't go back into the camp. And I was rationing one sip of water per two hours. (laughs) And and I was like, the Lord will teach me something through this. Like I, I know this isn't what I expected, but this is what the Lord has for me this time. And And then I like told the counselors that when I got back and they were like, what? You were only 20 feet away from us. Like, you could have gotten more water. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But I, I just thought that that's what I had to do. But it actually was a really good learning experience, though it was quite miserable. <laughs> I think that's like a good point, though, because like just like all these other habits, you have to practice them in order good. for them to become yeah. a thing. So like, if I were to just jump into saying I'm gonna fast for a week and I have like never fasted before or something, then that is going to be like a really hard experience because my body hasn't been trained to do that. And it's something that we have to like gradually build up to, not necessarily something that our bodies can just like take on full force because it's never had to do that before. It's funny. I feel like I have a similar college story, not similar, but about 
a Bible study group that did fasting probably for the first like real time. And one of the girls being so like desperate <laughs> by the end that she like ate the corner of a pop tart that she found on the floor of her dorm room. And it was like, no, oh, goodness. that's probably not ideal. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I do think that's an interesting point though, especially I feel like ending on fasting leads us really well into kind of like, we talk about all of these particular habits, but how much richer they are when you do them in community. I mean, you can't really do silence and solitude maybe in community, but <laughs> in the context of community, right? Like right. we are made more like Christ when we act like the body too. And so like to be able to practice some of these things together or to be able to practice them when someone else knows you're doing it, so they can kind of like encourage you or like memorizing something together, like all of these things happen really well when we do them together, which is why I think our conversations about this book and each month talking about them has been so rich. Yeah, Eve, I think that's like a key thing where community brings accountability. And so yeah. as we're trying to draw, as we're trying to draw closer to the Lord, we're actually having these people around us that are able to like ask us how that is going so that we have that accountability aspect of, hey, I'm actually not re reading my Bible every single day. And like, I actually need someone to help me stay accountable to that because I want to grow. And that, account that accountability allows for me to keep consistent with that habit. And so if we're in a weekly Bible study or we meet up with a mentor or in a discipleship relationship with somebody, it helps us stay accountable to reading that passage or reading that chapter throughout the week or talking about the discipline of fasting and how that's going for us yeah. because we're wanting to grow. And so it doesn't mean that we have to do these things alone. Like that's, that's not the point of everything, but we get to do these things with other people because as a body, we're all striving to go and run after Christ. And so we don't have to do these things alone because we do have other people who want to run after Christ with us. Yeah, I think that's really good. I think even as we're having this conversation, I feel like this is just a testimony of the power of community, right? Like there is strength in numbers. Mm -hmm. And so I think in, yeah. those, in those moments where I feel weak or I feel inadequate or I'm struggling with, you know, one of these habits, I think what's helpful for me is to know I can look on these screens. I wish you guys could see it, but I can look on these screens and see faces of people, of women, of sisters that I know are going to continually encourage me in these things, right? And so I know that that when I need some encouragement, I can shoot any of you a text or all of you a text and say, hey, this is where I'm wrestling. This is where I'm struggling. Can you can you pray for me? And And you guys are so good at not just praying, but I think sending scripture or just encouragement, just this conversation that we've had today, right? Like this isn't just for the podcast, it's not a show. Like this is kind of what we do yeah. um, as we work as a team. And I think it's just been encouraging. And I think that this is what, this is for me a picture of what community looks like and how do we encourage and challenge and press each other towards Christ. Like that's that's the goal of our times together, you know? And so I'm just really thankful. I think it's, yeah, just even this conversation, I'm walking away with, um, nuggets of gold that I just want to implement and practice even this week yeah I love it I'm so grateful that you guys 
agreed to do this. I know it's a little nerve wracking for some of us, but um, it's so fun to have everybody together and for podcast listeners to get to hear from the team as a whole. Um, So thanks so much for joining us, guys. We hope today's conversation was encouraging for you. Wow, that's my team. Don't you love them? I really hope today's episode was an encouragement to you. We definitely don't have all these habits down perfectly, but we're learning about them, talking about them together, and taking small steps together too. If nothing else, I hope today's episode encourages you to start a conversation with your people about being intentional when it comes to spiritual growth. If you would be so kind, we would love for you to share this episode with a friend or take a few minutes to leave a review for the Grace Lace podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us.